Hello, and welcome to Extreme Tasting League Scotch Edition. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm Perrin. And I am Cedius, and we are joined by guests, because that's what we do here. Say hello, guests. Hello. hello. Uh, identify yourselves, guests. I'm Wendy. And I'm Eric. Yay! <laughs> and why are you guys here? Other than that I invited you and told you to be here. <laughs> because you said there would be free booze. <laughs> Yay! Well, more, more. Would you like to come and drink alcohol while we record that? As it so happens, I'm practically becoming a professional at that. <laughs> I'm just a professional at the drinking alcohol part. <laughs> yep. Which is, the funny part is that's not really true. I mean, I drink not that much, whatever. Yeah, no, so uh, funny. actually, actually specifically, the, uh, the, the reason I chose to have the two guests that we have on at this point in time is the three of us have something new in common. Mm, that is true. Herpes? I hope not. That's oh, not new. That's not new. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, new. sad, sad. No, uh, the three of us have recently been selected to be the uh, officiating board for the Fearless Comedy Productions uh, company. So, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I was... I yes, was taken away, chairman. Yes, I, I was actually... Uh, I see that my... My my sneaky plan to not show up resulted in me not being in charge. Yay! <laughs> no, instead she's in charge of the money. You're actually going to have to put more work in than either of us uh-huh. because you're going to be doing some level of financial oversight. You failed. Ah, man. You get to check the books of the managing director. Oh, this is fascinating radio talk, isn't I it? I know. I bet the listening public is just adoring this. I know, but, you know... It's, it's how we encourage them all to drink. It's, oh, that's good. Right. <laughs> well, it is fearless comedy, and apparently they are fearless about me watching over their money. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I, I, I honestly... The, the, the invitation came out of nowhere to me, and so I, I, was, I was flattered and surprised, and for one of the few times I can say in my life, I was actually speechless. And anyone who listens to the show knows that that's just not right. So Great. yeah, he used it, it, up all his speechless. Yeah, it, it it took me six hours to be able to to sit down and look at the email and and, and reply back saying, um, "Okay." <laughs> Meanwhile, Tim emails me, "Hey, you want to do this? Um, I promise it won't take up that much time, and you won't have to do that much." And because he knows immediately what the problem is going to be. And I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Whereas, I mean, I was obviously already involved in Fearless as an occasional performer. And uh, I'm one of the directing committee for Fearless Lab. And I was assistant artistic director for Fearless. And I decided that uh, I did not want to be assistant artistic director of Fearless anymore and wanted to step back from that time commitment. But I really wanted to be involved uh, still in some level uh, above performer. And having somebody who had been involved from the start, becoming a board member just seemed like a logical fit. And that, you know, as the, as the group that is just going to be doing occasional oversight and checking in, that seemed like a good position for me to be in. While also That way we also get to have one board member who's an active participant in the goings-on on a more regular basis, and it seems like a good blend. In other words, it'd be nice to have somebody who cared. Well, yeah. <laughs> well I've been to most of the shows, and so on, on as an audience member, entertain me is kind of you know what, what I'm looking for. And, and they've well, done that so far. probably been to more of the shows than I have, because <laughs> other than the ones that I'm in, I'm so busy that I only get to a certain number of them. It's true. Yeah, Which I, is why I'm always so pleased when somebody asks me to be in the show. It's like, oh, goody, I get to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I can't not go. I can't not go, and my husband can't complain too hard. Can I, can well, I, can I talk about something longer? 
No what? website. I don't know if this is an, oh, no. It is announced. It is announced. I saw it on the Fringe website. Five fifths of the Fringe. Yes. Will be on Monday, May fifth. Yep. And uh, this is where they every year. And apparently, this is done at lots of Fringe festivals. It's not unique to ours. I, I saw I some references online. I did not know that. Yeah. So uh, they take a well-known story or often a movie, and uh, specifically, and they divide it into five parts, and they give a different producer or production company one-fifth of the story uh-huh. to do and interpret any way they want. And any is it kept secret And it is, they, they are not in no, cahoots with each other. It's, you, you don't... There's no rules about talking to each other, but okay. the very nature of the companies they choose mean you're going to end up with a very diverse array of storytelling The, the dance styles. company will do some sort of dance and... Right. Yeah, okay. Right. And the mime company is going to do something mime, and the juggling company is going to do yes. something juggling. And they announce... Who the five companies are? I know who the who the five companies are, and I know what the play is. Okay, but then the fun is going to see how each part is performed and contributes to the whole. Yeah, because each each one has their own weird, wacky spin on their fifth, and then you get the again juxtaposition of how those fifths come together when it is not even done as a whole until so, that night, one time only. So, do they announce to the public what the piece yes. is? Yes, they are. Yes, it and has it, been announced. It has been announced. It's going to be The Shining, specifically, <laughs> specifically Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. It is the movie, not yeah, the book. Right. Uh, or Fearless, The Simpsons. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fearless Comedy Productions is doing the first fifth. Awesome. Uh, Tim is writing it and is going to be performing it, and he asked me to be a participant in it as well, and I am and very I excited. I can about tell this. you that Congrats. Tim has decided to make it a musical. Uh-huh. <laughs> he is working on the songs with is Chad or Jeffrey or I both. Think, or both. I'm not sure. I, I haven't heard I, that. I part. know he was talking about it with Chad. I just know if you and guys of course, I don't know if you paid attention to who has the second fifth. The yes. North Star Roller Girls. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I have the second yes, fifth. It is being, right. I am producing it and Oh that's right, because didn't didn't you contact him and say, Hey, do you want to write this with me? And he said, Nope, got my own fifth to write. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. Bill Steitler. Bill Steitler is collaborating with me. Oh, so yours will be funnier than ours. Oh, <laughs> naturally. That was a dig on Tim, you see. That, uh, yeah. I see what so you're yeah. Bill Steitler is writing it. I am producing and directing it. And, of course, it will have roller girls. Well, I'm just of picturing course. the scene change where basically what happens is the roller girls just level the players on the set, <laughs> on the set and just keep going. <laughs> is, is the third one comedy suitcase? I mean, it's somebody I know. I forget who it was. I, uh, I don't it remember. Doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. The point is, the first two are going to be great. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, yeah, yeah, it certainly sounds like it's going to be entertaining as hell, so I'm going to have to make a point to, to try to yeah. Well, and it's so. a fundraiser, so the tickets aren't cheap. And it's at the Illusion Theater. So, but Where? that's going to be a nice Downtown. Show. Okay. On Hennepin? Hennepin Center for the Arts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I did have a, a Fearless Comedy question. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been something done in Fearless Comedy where you, like, watched it and went, I wish they'd had a little fear? I don't mean that it wasn't funny <laughs> funny or something, but, the, but it, they're, it like, a little too far. they're pushing the boundaries and they just fell off the edge of, oh... Uh, well, as the person who's, who's missed all of, like, three shows, I think, since the company formed, yeah. I, uh, my boundary as to where that line is is mm-hmm. pretty far out there. So <laughs> I, I don't know that I've seen anything that goes past the line. Someone at, at the recent Fearless Lab in their stand-up bit actually made a rape joke funny. Oh, yeah. I didn't think that was possible. Oh, no. no it, was it was good. Tim and I, was it a woman? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might be part it, of it the helps, yeah. 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 But you said, Steve and I have had lots of discussions about, there are just some topics that you don't do jokes about, not because they're taboo, but because you can't make it funny. Right. Have you seen, though, when when there was a big furor about this uh, year, <laughs> year and a half ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See how? Okay. Um, oh, that's not funny. You can't make fun of Nazis. Okay, so uh, the... What are you there was talking a... about? You can totally cosplay as Nazis here in the Dome Cities. <laughs> in, in a German restaurant we're, we're, to celebrate. We had actors. junior day. Anyway, so the, but the, uh, there was a link. There's a link online that was basically a, a woman writing about after the Daniel Tosh thing, about links to several rape jokes that worked. And I mean, it wasn't two or three. It was like eight to ten. And some of them were really good stand-up bits. Most of them were women, but not all. And all of them did that thing of using the topic where they they were making fun of some of the a lot of the issues around it, around it in a way that wasn't saying, ha ha, it's funny that people get raped, mm-hmm. you know, and or, it's still really hard to do well. Humor but... of, yeah, because what I really wanted to do after I got raped is try to make you believe me. Cause yeah. that's my favorite. Thing. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not even going to try and describe any of the bits because well, I, I can't possibly do any of them justice. Do you put links in show notes? We could try and do uh, Very occasionally. Okay. Louis C.K. It's not explicitly rape, but he has a great bit about um, that every time a woman goes on a date, she's basically taking yes. her life into her hands. Yes, end. yes. And, and how he sort of admires it. It's like, what's the worst that could happen? As it turns out, death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's and that's kind of what I was wondering. Is like I'm sure people have tried to do things and failed because that's the nature of sure. pushing your boundaries and, and stretching. So that's. Uh, but it's it's. Uh, it was just sort of wondering. I, do there have been bits that I haven't can worked, see. and there have been stuff that hasn't been as funny. But I mean, in terms it's of more things, on no, just no one, straight no whether one, it's funny or yeah, not. No, okay. no one, no one's crossed a line. No I, one's crossed my line. I can honestly say that I think it has actually happened. In vilification on a few occasions, but you guys no, have been honing been, vilification for years out of festival, right? And we've been doing things for well, yeah, and we've been doing vil for a very, very long time. So of course we're going to have a handful of missteps. One of them was a little over a year ago, so not that long back. But I, it's not, it's, it's not a story worth going into the details. Yeah, no, 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 that. I, I but, was just curious because I like the idea of, of the fearless comedy, mm-hmm. but it just raises the question of, does anyone ever go, yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> Other, so, other people in the audience may have reacted to things in, in that fashion, but honestly, I'm, I'm generally not paying that much attention to the other members yeah. of the audience. Yeah. So, so, I mean, clear that there are plenty of people that aren't in, in, into anal jokes. <laughs> <laughs> now, when people that's a the coming up, yeah, future very prescient of you. Okay, so yeah, um, plug. Is this a good time? Sure, yeah, now we have some time to plug stuff. Yeah, so uh, one of the other things about us being here and talking about Fearless is the fact that so this is you said this is going up on the April. This is going up on April first because this is April's. This is the 29th episode. <laughs> Right. Very hey, wise hey, of you hey, to mention that. Audience, Dave got the number right without asking me. That's right, I did, because we had a long conversation at the beginning about how the next episode, which will also be labeled the 29th, really isn't the 29th. 
So in two weeks, be prepared. Hey, spoilers! You just saved yeah, me some sure. editing. That's awesome. All right. That's right, because so, that's what I do. Now I use this stuff. Anyway. The, uh, <laughs> but so we, uh, as board of the fearless, one, and one of the things that we have coming up very, very soon, because this is going to go up on the first, and in just a few days, um, the weekend of April 4th to 6th, Fearless Comedy Productions will be having a fundraiser called Die Laughing. It is a 50-hour marathon of comedy. It's going to be at the Airport Hilton down near the Mall of America in one of the event rooms there. It is going to start at 7 p.m. Friday night and go till 9 p.m. Sunday night. And they, there's a pretty broad variety of stuff going on in it. There's you know a lot of stand-up, a lot of uh, improv. There's going to be some music, some storytelling, uh, vilification tennis, podcasts, uh, just uh, uh, kind of all over the map. There are going to be at least a few things that are very specifically, uh, I believe, family-friendly as well. One for sure, Comedy Suitcase is a local production company that does a lot of fun stuff that is always, you know, kid-friendly. Um, and and as I said, this is a, kind of the big fundraiser we are doing this year to raise funds for the duration of, of our year and our season and what we want to do in the coming year. And and so we're very very much looking forward to that. And in particular, on a personal note, I will mention that there are, uh, there are many challenges that we're doing throughout the weekend to try and motivate people to give extra or a little above and beyond what they might have otherwise done. And in the, in the last, no, there is a slap challenge, though. Ooh. Yeah. But in the last hour of the entire event, hour 50 from uh, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sunday, the show that hour will be Fearless Lab. Okay. Uh, so doing some kind of fun, different experimental stuff. During that hour, for every $50 in donations collected, I will do a shot of sriracha sauce. Oh, my God. Wow. I have no idea if I'm going to do one or 10 or 15. You may I not survive don't that. Really know. Do you get to throw up after each one? Um, I don't think there's no option. restriction. I, I can't just be I will. Just, I mean, I'm sorry to get grossly <laughs> anatomical, but... <laughs> When you shit the next day, that's going to hurt. <laughs> Shall I text you a picture? <laughs> no. Oh, no. You can, however, just text, oh, oh my God, why? It burns. <laughs> burns is prejudice. The paper's on fire. The paper's on fire. So I'm yes. actually performing because we're doing Big Fun Radio. Yeah. Big Fun Radio time. Big Fun. Radio fun time. Fun time. Thank you. Yep. Um, Friday yeah, night. We're, we're reprising two of the best ones we've done so far, one of which is my absolute favorite we've done, which is Dick Dickerson. Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, it's a one. private eye sketch, and it's hilarious, and you should come to see it just... You should come to Die Laughing just for that. That's on Friday. Yeah. From 8 to 9, you said? Uh, 7. Mm-hmm. 7 to 7.30, 7, and then the okay. Citizens Band is going to play from 7.30 to 8. Ah, I gotcha. Okay. So you're starting out well, with the show. Apparently, I don't Oh, yeah. <laughs> is right. it start at 7? Yeah. Oh, I said. guess so. <laughs> okay. Rock on. And, and, for any, and for anybody listening who is a fan of Vilification Tennis, I believe we're doing Bill that night from 11 to 12, uh, if I recall. Either 10 to 11 or 11 to 12. So if somebody comes Friday Which, night and wants to... There's a website they can look at the schedule. This Friday. 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 Okay. Friday. There's a website? There's a website. It's dielaughingmarathon.com, if I remember that sounds. I bet that you could right. also go to the Fearless and website. There's a Fearless website, fearlesscomedyproductions.com. There's also on Facebook, because almost everyone's on Facebook these days, especially anybody who does things Those kids. This. I know. The youngins. Uh, there is a Fearless Comedy Productions page on, on there, and they, we've got all sorts of information going up regularly 
promoting the stuff on that. So that's that's kind of the but that's kind of the overview of the whole. Yeah, that was a good plug. Thanks. thanks. It took a while. I know. Yeah. Well, seriously, I'm a wordy motherfucker. There's a lot there. Yeah, I, uh, I I should also point out that uh, anyone who is a, a, a fan of the show, the, the five listeners we have, um, the are they all named Brian? Because Xanadu, no, Xanadu but, Cinema, but at least one of them is. We were discussing our. I think we we're up to eight, and Melissa had decided that it was all of her friends, and that therefore they were all named Brian because apparently all of her friends are named Brian. Uh, hmm. uh, no, actually, uh, or Dave. We we as a podcast. Uh, have something up on the silent auction for for right. uh, thy mm-hmm. laughing, where you can actually bid to be a guest on the show with us. And not only that, you get to take home your favorite bottle of the night. Ah, Ooh. see, now that's an incentive. Yep. Right. So, <laughs> As opposed um, to just... That's worth at least $5 from what you buy. Well, I mean, let's look <laughs> at this. I'm kidding. Let's look at this from a realistic perspective. Okay, I'm going to go to some stranger's house and sit around a table with strangers and talk about alcohol. What's in it for me? Free alcohol. Okay. Yep. I'll go. I, I, I will admit that thought occurred to me and why I decided to add the bottle to the list. <laughs> <laughs> So you're, you know, so you're bringing the scotch for that one. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. I am bringing the scotch for that one. Uh, I'm not going to... It's his idea. He doesn't need to well, Maybe out. Xanadu should put something in the silent auction, although... I think it's a little... I think I it'd think, have to I be think, a whole barrel of wine. I think they'd straight to be at it. Uh, this this uh, week we're drinking uh, Tomatin, 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 and Tomatin. <laughs> no, that, that's not nice either. No, our, 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 our uh, spinoff... Um, which hopefully will be live shortly after Die Laughing, uh, unfortunately. Um, Screw It, a wine-tasting podcast hosted by uh, Dawn Krasnowski and uh, uh, her friend Lana, whose last name escapes me. Do you remember her last name? I'm sorry, Lana! Um, Dawn's awesome. They they will be doing a wine tasting show. Uh, we should Rosario. do... Oh my god, yes. it'd be like one of those 80s sitcom mashup episodes, right? Where they would have like... Heart to heart would go on the love boat or whatever. We should have <laughs> Dom, we should have Screw It and Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome do like a joint podcast where we both we record and both play it. So That'd be awesome. I have to mention sorry, random tangent, but I have to mention that uh, many, many years ago Well okay. interestingly enough, we've had AON on our podcast and we've been on AON's podcast. So there's crossover. Kind of yeah. Well, I mean there's crossover, but has anybody truly done yeah. a joint podcast? I don't think so. Ah. Well, we could have Matt's house on Wednesday. We did two back-to-back where it was all just one big recording session, and one was officially one and one was officially the other, so it's kind of close. There might be a fight about the theme song. Because then where do you release it, or do you just double it on both? That's, you know... It's a little. That's where you're sorry. Now we're getting into minutiae. That's probably well, yeah, 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 interesting. Yeah, I, I was going to say we can't even get part. So. Uh, but <laughs> what I was going to say about the love boat is that about 20 years ago, roommates and I had this habit. Now, if we came across Love Boat late at night just surfing around crappy random TV when there weren't nearly as many cable channels, we would watch the rest of whatever episode we were watching. And um, we would intentionally make ourselves laugh every time the laugh track laughed. <laughs> and I have Ouch. to tell you, yeah, I ha- quite honestly, oh, it is hard to force yourself to laugh that much in an hour when stuff isn't actually goddamn funny. I mean, you know, laughing that much when it's you're watching in a real, you know, something really funny, great, but oh my god. Yeah, we, we did that off and on for like a few months, and it was just like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> Are you telling me there was a tradition that you let die? 
No. There is no way I'm believing that. I think it's fair to say there's a tradition they kill. (laughs) (laughs) There's that. He just avoids those channels of the love boat anymore. Okay. Okay. Yes, and so the very special edition of our podcast is going to be the Distiller's Edition. So this is the Kaulila Distiller's Edition. Meaning? Uh, it's, uh, is this what they call it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the cla- uh, uh, DiGiorno or whatever. Diageo. <laughs> Diageo, yeah, that's it. It's just, it's just still Italian sounding. Um, Diageo, they do, they have their classic malts, and they have six or nine or 20 of them, mm-hmm. whatever. And they have a special distiller's edition for each one. Each okay. one of their classic malts. It's supposed to be the it's ideal representation right. of the of the region. And okay. so this is for the uh, Isle of Ile. It's an excuse to get you to buy something new. Right. Yeah. And because I, I am a scotch collector, I have to have them. So it seems pretty sweet at first. I think it smells nose. like pennies. <laughs> like freshly, like like freshly minted pennies. I was like, "There's a, there's something metallic there." Yeah, I I, I see where you're okay. going with that. Okay. Yeah, I think that uh, what what you're getting out of that is uh, okay. What's the peat? Okay, it's well, it's yeah, a lot sweeter it's from smell a, like dirt. It's 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 actually it maybe this is common, but it's a lot sharper when you get closer to it. But I was catching the sweeter like from. Covering a little bit above the edge of the glass. I mean, yeah, the wafting. I'm just pretty much trying to put it up my nose. <laughs> Are you and Don? So you're getting the stronger. <laughs> I, I'm, I, no, there honestly, is a sweetness, yeah. It's, it, but it's faint. I'm, I, I have yeah. to say this is a pretty mild, all-round nose. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there have been some... Well, I've drunk a lot of really shitty alcohol. I think we all know that. <laughs> There's been some alcohol that I couldn't get this close to it because it would be assaulting me. Yeah, yeah. We we we've certainly had some some lovely lovely noses that uh, you didn't even need to put your face in the glass to get. Yeah. You never. Have I to would worry even about call nose. this flirtatious. <laughs> you never have to worry about nose hair again on some of those. <laughs> I if only that were true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't have anything additional to say mm. compared to what everyone else has between the nose. So, moving into the, ooh, mm. a little sharp up front. It's really sharp on the front. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very nice. Very nice. Lots of peed up my nose. See, see, Dave, Dave likes them a certain way, and uh, yeah, but I, it's it's more to me. It was more alcohol alcohol burn sharp mm-hmm. than peaty sharp. Right. At the that's front. what I mean. If somebody were to say smooth, I would say not. Yeah. No, it's it's true. It's not super smooth. This this is that aggressive female friend. Right. <laughs> I got an interesting uh, fruit. Um, orange? Pomegranate? (laughs) Starfruit? Mango? Maybe a bit of kiwi. (laughs) Um, don't you all be... Not in the finish, but in the... No, definitely there's some orange in the body. Yeah. There's there's definitely some some orange in there. Yeah, I'm catching... You know, I'm enjoying... I'm I'm enjoying this more... And and I don't mean this the way it sounds. In the departure, the initial sip was not particularly enjoyable, but the body of the tasting and the finish were very nice. Yeah, no, I can, yeah it's no. got um, way, 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 way back on the finish. Like, like five minutes later, you're like, "Why is that flavor in my mouth?" <laughs> it's got a bit of chocolate. It feels chocolatey. 
like bitter. Well, you have to understand, I like bitter dark chocolate. So that's, and it's got a definitely bitter finish. Yeah. I I, I see where you're going with that. I, I wouldn't have said chocolate. I'm with you on the bitter. Yeah. But to specifically say chocolate, I'm not going to disagree, but I don't have a palate for chocolate. I think it's a peaty finish. Well, yeah, there's there anything. There well, no, really dark chocolate can taste like, like rotten mud. vegetables. Like mud. Vegetation. Oh, yeah. peat is. I mean, it's peat moss. I mean, it's peat moss and rotten vegetables typically is what they burn in it. Though they usually find a fancier way of writing that down on, yes. on the tasting notes. Yes, they do. With hints of rotten vegetable. Mmm. I'll, I'll plug down 80 bucks. Well, interestingly, there are times when. Like, I noticed this as a kid, um, probably about six or seven years old. I remember my dad was filling the lawnmower with gasoline. And from, ten, you know, in the garage, 10 feet away with the door, garage door open, it wasn't closed, but, like, the faint smell of the gasoline was moderately appealing in this weird way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it got well, me high. it's such a pungent smell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so there are times when a certain amount of a certain kind of thing can cannot be unpleasant, you know? Strong flavors elicit reaction. Yeah. Right. Now with the... Uh... With it wet, it's a lot more floral. Oh shit! Asshole. Mm. Yeah. Can't hold his distilled water. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. It's a lot more floral. A lot more floral. Yeah. yeah. The uh, Angry Orchard is my favorite cider. Do do you remember? Yeah. yeah. What I particularly like about them is they keep doing these special flavors. Mm. Um, at different times, and I'll do them for a while, and then mm. and then I then I'm sad because they stop. <laughs> but then they try a new flavor. Last summer they had elderflower, elderflower mm. cider, and it was delightful because there was that floral, bright freshness on top of the cider flavoring. That's what this reminds me of. Have you had creme de violet, the violet liqueur? Mm-mm. It's made from violets. Well, I would have ours. assumed. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. Um, the most common drink that I think it's known for being used in is in aviation, but that's stronger than I care for. But I've used it to uh, next to girlfriend and I made up what we called a violet gin and tonic, which is basically uh, a weak gin and tonic, you know, with like a higher tonic uh, amount with a shot of this violet liqueur mixed in, and it's very good. It, it, it really tasty. Interesting, uh, the... except for the part where there's tonic in there. Tonic <laughs> tastes like butt. <laughs> I, I, I would gin, rather drink the gin. Like gin tastes so. like tree. For the longest I time, I thought I hated the taste of gin. It turns yeah. out I fucking hate tonic. <laughs> what, what's interesting is um, Jenny and I were going to a uh, party where you were supposed to bring an interesting alcohol. We were going to yeah. do iron, iron, um, uh, iron alcohol. Drink iron alcohol, yeah. and we brought a uh, rose vodka, mm-hmm. and it was it smelled amazing. It smelled like roses, mm-hmm. good tasty roses. It. Tasted so bad. Did it taste like mm. perfume? Was it, it that penguin it, stuff? Uh, no, vodka? no. Okay, because it came in a gorgeous yeah. little like frosted glass bottle, and it tasted like you were are drinking you, perfume. Are you it sure was it wasn't just, the penguin vodka? It might have been. I, it I, might have been. I, I was, swear, my ex loved that uh, shit. Not a single okay, person so at the party liked it. I haven't it. tasted it wet yet, but now I'm wondering: is this going to taste like perfume? No, because it's, no, it's no. Floral. Well, I have to admit, I have not drunk a lot of perfumes, so that was a supposition on my part. I'm not noticing a really big difference. I, I, I can... I, I, mean, granted, I only added a little bit. It is smoother. It is? It is yeah, smoother. It doesn't, okay, it doesn't do a little more water. bite your tongue quite so hard. And 
and there there are floral notes to it, but the peat is still there. I get a little bit of salt now. I'm sorry, I, you know that the only thing that's sadden, saddening me is I actually think it was nicer dry, neat. Hmm. I, I liked, disagree with that, but yeah, okay. I liked I liked the body better. Mm, no, I can see that, but this at is, least this it is had smoother. boldness going for it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm still getting the peat, which is good because I like the peat. Um, yeah. I I agree. There's there's certainly some floral tones on the palette, which I don't know what to do with because I don't floor, floor, floral on my tongue. I I mean I've eaten rose petals because that's a thing, but no. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's a thing. Yeah. Nobody told me. Who are the what kids these days eating roses? Thing? <laughs> there's a girlfriend that are there are there secret rose eating parties? <laughs> not, not, not 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 the kind of thing that can be reversed. Um, <laughs> future for yeah. It's when the rose eats you. I, I, I think that's just going to need to be a running gag with us by now. It's just reverse the episodes. Yeah, pre-cog jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Always record the second episode first. When, and we're when back we record to two episodes. Well, well no, 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 no. Just, just, just and we're back to one. Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I win. <laughs> that's that's funnier it than it should be. be. Yeah. I All was right. trying to find that sharp vegetable flavor that it reminded me of. And you know how sometimes you bite into celery and it's not that pleasant celery taste, it's mm. that really There's a pleasant sharp, taste. Bitter, the sharp bitter yeah. celery? Mm-hmm. That's what it reminds me of. Well, I don't like celery, so I like the finish. But now that you say celery, I'm getting some of that in the finish. Okay, I'm all about tangents tonight, apparently. Um, have, has anybody ever had... Uh, Pizza at Leaning Tower, pizza in Uptown, yes. with celery on it? No. No. I would never do they that. They have that would, as a topping. Why really? would you do that? Because if you put it on pizza, it's going to get cooked, and then it's going to get mushy and gross. It's still firm. It's not quite mushy. But the, here's the thing. I, I tried it once because a friend of mine was um, cooking pizzas there, and we go. And we went there to eat, and he came out to say hi, and he's like, you've never had this? Do you like celery? And we're like, yeah, sure. And he's like... We've got this special that includes celery on it. You might want to give it a try. I think it's good. You have, you know, it's a taste thing. You know, you might not. So we get it, and it. I I thought it was fine, but the weird thing is this: the only taste association that my that I have for cooked celery is stuffing. Huh. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. You, so you take right. you take a bite of the pizza and you're like, okay, it's pizza. You take a bite of the pizza, and then you get a bite. A hunk of celery, and suddenly that cooked celery flavor goes. It's like pizza with stuffing on it. <laughs> I did. I never knew how much. But do you like stuffing? Uh, not stuff that has celery in it. Okay, so even even in that. Okay, my my. I, You're that I, sensitive to celery. I loathe celery. Fair enough. No, yeah. no, that's that's fine. Celery and banana are my two flavors. Okay. That if it's there and dill, those those three flavors. Okay. So, but, so, but yeah, and so and I, pickles. I have never, I, I don't like gin, so yes, maybe go for four. I hate everything. So the fact, the, the fact that, cel- that I had no idea how much cooked celery was a very present, very dominating flavor in stuffing. I, I just, I didn't know that. I knew that it was there. I'd even made stuffing with it, but I didn't realize that aspect. Um, and so I thought that was really fascinating. Now I'm going to have to try it the next time I, I do pizza. You go there? Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or just if you make it. Well, I live like two blocks from the Leaning Tower. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. So I often walk down there and yeah. pick up a pizza. Yeah. I mean, I, it's been quite a while since I've been there. They might have taken it off the menu, but why? I mean, 
I just had the the Napolitano style like punch and elements on Broadway. Highly highly recommended if somebody's looking for an alternative family owned Napolitano. However, it's pronounced Neapolitano or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Napolitano isn't that an actor? <laughs> Janet <Napolitano>. Pantoliano. <laughs> That's an actor. <laughs> so, what's the podcast you do, Wendy? Oh, Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Yep. We're about movies. That's about the... movies. Um, sometimes movies are the jumping off point to us just talking. You digress. Often Often wine is the jumping... Actually, let's be honest, any kind of alcohol. We did do a noir episode where we talked about films noir, and we decided in that case that we should be drinking whiskey. That seemed much more appropriate. So... Yes, I I, I listened to that episode, and I was was like, hee-hee, drinking whiskey? Not just whiskey. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, that's the last whiskey I had before this, and it makes this seem very, very, very sad. The, the, the Cardias is like right behind you. We we actually had a tasting of it ourselves on the show, like an episode before you guys <laughs> went live. So I'm like, hey, it's the same thing. It was it was amazing. Oh, I love the origin. What movies would you drink or would you watch with a cosmopolitan? With a cosmopolitan? Mm-hmm. Sex and City. Um. Well, yeah, you'd want one of those uh, well, sexy women banter. So like mannequin. Women. Okay, I'd watch mannequin. No, 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 no. Although a American really Psycho? a really gay film, yeah, actually a really um, like closeted gay, yeah. So a Busby Berkeley would be great, um, but also Lacage. something Lacage of Faux or um, oh, what's the one with Patrick Stewart? That, can I pull this off, or does it make me look like a gay superhero? Jeffrey, mm-hmm. Jeffrey. So you could do any of the '80s gay films. Um, you could also do the the closeted ones. I personally think you could watch Top Gun. While drinking a Cosmo, because that's a very homo. I, 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 I don't know that I could watch like Torch Song trilogy with with a Cosmo. Oh no that, no that's, no that's, no nothing that's, down. No. It's got it's a light okay. happy drink. Right. Yeah. Hmm. No, you would not want that. Um, let's see what else. I feel like anything with Hedy Lamarr might be good, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Go to your classic sassy actresses. Oh, all of all about Eve. You should totally get drunk on Cosmos. Yeah. Drink with that one. There's a lot of alcohols that would go with all about you, depending <laughs> on which which character you wanted to fully identify with. Oh, Karen is like over there. No, no, I'm suddenly it. my brain suddenly went to um, breakfast at Tiffany's and mm-hmm. then leapt over to Gigi, and I don't know why. And I then wouldn't I, do Cosmos. No, no, but my brain I went, do. what the hell would I drink watching Gigi? Uh, breakfast at Tiffany's would be a mimosa. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Gigi would be something ridiculous like wine coolers, right? Zima! <laughs> I do not care for Gigi, for Gigi at all. And Eric's now looking at us confused. He doesn't care for Zima, so hey, it's a pretty Do you match. like Gigi? No. Okay. Do you like I mean, Zima? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm just confused that they both said Zima at virtually the same moment. Like... Where's that coming from? Well, I think that was the obvious answer. I think when you're thinking about something sort of lame and amateurish and a little bit adolescent that's alcoholic, you've got Bartles and James, and you've got Zima. Those are your two. And like Zima was. Do they still make Zima? Uh, No, I don't. I don't believe they do. They still make. I think it's on the coasts. Hmm. I just don't think it comes out here. I actually drank Zima once at the Gay Nineties after I. No, I had helped my friend compete in the Miss Gay 
Miss Drag Minnesota it, pageant, and uh, Lori Mitchell won, and I was feeling festive, and they offered me a Zima, and I took it. <laughs> I'm, I'm I was free. I haven't lived it down yet, but it, it's fine. <laughs> there, you know, some choices you learn to live with over time. It, Zima made Bartles and James sophisticated. Yes, <laughs> it's yes. Well, we are not drinking Zima. We're drinking wine coolers. (laughs) (laughs) The first time I ever got tipsy was off a wine cooler, so there's a certain kind of affection there. Each expression of polila reflects a special quality of the light at this remote Ile distillery. Together they picture a day in its secret cove on the sound of Ile. Brilliant, clean... And finely balanced, this special Colila Distillers Edition has all the clarity of sunshine flooding the landscape with color after a storm. Richer, more intense, and many layered than regular expressions. It yet remains true to the Colila character, first seen in 1846. Here are the pure sea air aromas and sweet, smoky, dry flavors expressed with a complex, rich spiciness that surprises and delights. Each bottle carries a release number, which designates the selected cast especially chosen for double maturation. Okay, you said maturation. (laughs) Wow, I think this might be whiskey on X from the description, right? The colors are richer and deeper. Did did you get a chubby? I I, I believe it is safe to declare cork door creek. Yeah. That was a whole lot of flowery language that said nothing and was pretentious as fuck. Clarity like it's, the hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. complex. It's got, it's got a deep, sweet, and smoky flavor profile that suggests the intense, saturated colors of the late afternoon sunshine. But does that it, is very specific? But it that's a very specific place. And but all I can very specifically pretentious as fuck. Late afternoon all sunshine. I can do is picture like After the distiller. A storm has the distiller rolling on X and he's out in the <laughs> afternoon sun going, dude. What, what it says is it suggests it. It doesn't actually have it. It just suggests Sky Hey, you know, you can have that. Yeah. <laughs> afternoon delight. What, what, what it says to me is they spend Rotary more time describing the, the color than the flavor. Yeah. Well, which is really hard to tell because it's a it's a they it's had colored three, bottle. Colored bottle. They had yeah. three adjectives that were flavor. That's what happens when you drink the sun. Yeah. Hmm. I'd rather stare at it. <laughs> the late afternoon sunshine after a storm has passed. I mean, seriously. I, I have to say, as much as I'm a fan... I passed a storm once. That's very poetic. As much as I'm a fan of the 12-year, the Distillers yeah. Edition does very little for me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I... I don't think I can give it more than a 2.3. It's a 2.3. Yeah. For those of you listening. There, 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 you can't see write it down. There, there, there hey, used all to three of their listeners know the system. <laughs> Ooh, pardon me. We just yeah. lost two listeners? Uh, Damn it, sorry. I thought we had like eight. That's what I get to have an Eric on here. <laughs> I actually only have six, but two of them keep having to download it more than once due to tech connectivity issues. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. Hey, wait, but that counts, right? <laughs> um... I would go a little higher, but um, I found it somewhat disappointing. I'd, I'd probably go two five, not 
not like bad, just really middle of the road. Yeah, exactly. Middle of the well, road. Well, technically, three is yeah. middle of the road because if no, uh, one to five, five yeah. one oh, to five, yeah. not zero to five. No. Yeah, I found it a little more disappointing. Tim was a rule breaker. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm mathing it too hard apparently. Okay. Oh, you. Well, while I while I found it to be below average, it wasn't that far below average. So I'm going to give it a two seven five. Nah, I kind of thought it was boring. Just a two. Fuck the decimals. <laughs> well then, they're communists. That's what I said. I said it. And they look like an ass. <laughs> I ain't touching that. I know. Put up. I thought it was not impressive, but perfectly drinkable. I'm going to give it a two eight. For a moment there, I thought you were going to launch into, I found it not quite like the sun after a passing <laughs> okay. storm yet. Not quite like the night. If you night, were to which... hand it to me, I would, for free, yeah. Yeah. I will drink it. Sure. That said, if like, for example, I was at Convergence and somebody came up and they handed me one of these at a room party, I would drink it and then say, I don't want to be at this room party anymore. Because this is all I'm going to get here, and I've determined that this is not what I want to be drinking, and there's got to be better out there. There's got to be something better than this. At Convergence Room Parties? No, I'm talking <laughs> about the people I'm going to run into who love me and will give me good shit. Okay, because, you see, that's the thing. It's like, but I if I stay in that okay. room party, that's what I'm going right. to drink. Right, so what I'm saying, like, do you, so you were, so in, in the other episode, I mentioned that, like, I think it would take, like, high threes we'll to mention. four... That I will mention in the future. <laughs> in the future, I will be discussing my point scale system. In the future, we time travel, apparently. Right. Yes. Anyway, and so I um, but I, for me to even consider buying something, I'd have to give it at least a like high threes or a four. Mm. And this is certainly not something I would buy for myself. But I also rarely buy any scotches at all. But if it to me just perfectly drinkable, it's like oh, it's just a slightly below average and. Using your example of a convergence, it's like, I don't end up with that many scotches being offered to me at convergence, so it's more a matter of, it's certainly going to be tastier than most of the low-budget mixed drinks or whatever's that you're going to get at room parties, because they're working on a budget, and I understand that. So yeah. if somebody hands me this, I'm like, wow, that's way classier than most of the room parties. I will drink this mid-level scotch. And when you do get scotch at convergence, it's I mean, Glenlivet 12. 12. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't bad, but come on. It isn't bad, but when you're just passing back flasks of Glenlivet 12. <laughs> yeah, try this. What is it? Glenlivet 12. 12. Give me uh, a flask back. Yeah. Okay, wait. No, but when, when. Oh, a serious question, though. Do you, any of you, have any of you encountered a room party at Convergence that has given out. Actually, given out scotch that no. was on that level or oh, even God, any no. level? No, no, no. no. Yeah, I wouldn't no, think no, so. No, no, but the, the best are the room parties that do like the, mixed the, drinks that right. are fun. That are fun and tasty because they're a mixed drink. It doesn't matter if it's cheap ass booze. Yeah, because yeah, they've, that's they've, what they're they've, they've made a nice flavor out of it. Yeah, or it's whatever. about the quantity, not Funny the Funny name that yeah. Yeah. plays well, the, with it. The best last year was the Royal Manticore Navy party because yeah. you would go in and what they had you do was enact a Space Navy battle through. Shots of alcohol, ah, and and so nice. you would roll pods, which are missile pods, right. if you know the books at all. But rolling pods m- meant that you were deploying your shot, and then you would fire your missiles in order. And as you said, missile one firing, that's when the person who was missile one took their shot. Nice. It was super fun. That's really clever. And they were it's decent a- shots. I mm-hmm. mean, they were the kind of shot you want where it goes down kind of burning and makes you feel a little happy inside. Was it like vaguely fruit flavored ish as a lot of those tend to be or something? It was mostly the flavor of alcohol, from oh, wow. what I remember. Okay. 
They were colored. They were mm-hmm. different colors. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be doing Irish car bombs this year. Okay, see? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. At a, at a room party? Yeah. See, oh, it really doesn't matter what it is. It's an Irish car bomb. Yeah. I will try that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're complaining about the room party. How about if I put it this way? If I was standing around having a chat with people and somebody handed me a flask with this in it, okay. I would take the drink, I would hand it back, and I would make a note. I will drink that, but if somebody else has alcohol, I should take that first. Sure. The, but the the, the um, Blame Limit 12 mm-hmm. joke is that everybody comes. Uh, you'll, uh, you, uh, you will have Blame Limit 12 in your flask. You'll be, here, try this. Oh, well, try mine. Mm. True what, story. What, you, what is this? Glenlivet 12. Huh. huh. It's Glenlivet 12. The is, of course it is. Yeah. And, <laughs> and somebody else will be like, never mind. Our, our three listeners <laughs> know that I've told this story many a times that this has actually happened to me, and this is why I'm really into scotch now, is because I thought I'd get a bottle. I was like, oh, I'll get a bottle of this. And, oh, this isn't a bad price. And so I grab a bottle of Glenlivet 12, and I spent half the weekend just swapping flasks of Glenlivet 12. <laughs> so next, so I, I declared, next year... I'm going to bring something that nobody's ever seen. Uh-oh. That doesn't mean it was good. <laughs> no, it was, it was good. He's okay. a six-month-old shoe. No, I, I, brought, uh, well, I brought a Glenlivet 21 and uh, a Yamazaki 18. Oh, okay. So, and the Yamazaki 18 is better than the Glenlivet 21. Glenlivet 12 and that still, I needed. Not like well, anything well, else. If you're running, uh, well, if you run into me at Convergence and I have a flask, it will most likely have Bowmore 12. So yeah, the Yamazaki, which is certainly better than Glenlivet 12, apparently. <laughs> I, I think is is still the highest rated Scotch we've had on the show. Which one? The, the Yamazaki. The, the Yamazaki 18. So about the name, is it actually a Scotch from? It's a single, single malt with Japanese whiskey. Okay, but it wins Scotch awards. It can't be considered a Scotch because it's made in Japan. Sure, but it. Everybody just like, acknowledges that it's basically a scotch. It's uh, made how you make scotch. It just wasn't made where you're supposed to make it. Right, right. Well, so and scotch awards. Uh, Suntor- sure. Suntory is the oldest distillery in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, they sold a 50-year or 55-year for a million yen a bottle. Six dollars. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, sold, they sold out in 48 hours, so I didn't have a chance to sell my car in time. How... Uh, how much? How much does the you said it's the Yamazaki eighteen? Yeah, the the twelve runs about fifty dollars. Okay. Um, the eighteen you can get at Chicago Lake Liquors for. Last time I checked, it was about a hundred and ten. Um, it's and, worth it. It's worth it. And would you say the eighteen is that much better than the twelve? The twelve is a really good twelve, and it's a really good like fifty dollar bottle. And back when it was forty dollars a bottle, it was the best forty dollar bottle, best forty dollars sure. you could spend on alcohol. Okay. Um, the 18 is in my top three. The 18 is probably the number one, but it's really hard to say because I haven't done a side-by-side to it with the uh, Glenfiddich 21 Special Reserve, which was 21 in an oak cask and four months in a a rum cask, which is really crazy tasty because there's just so much of that rum flavor that goes in there. Um, But those two and then the Lagavulin 16 are my top threes. So And segue... That's What's our right. other drink? Our right. other drink is the Lagavulin Distillers Edition. This is also a 16-year... Ooh, that's got shiny green stuff on it. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Look at that yeah. right there. I know. Like a little... It's a, it's a crest on the side. Yeah. It looks vaguely sinister, actually, because you don't right. notice it right away. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's oh, my God, it's like a dragon coming at me. It's insectoid. It's yeah. It's very insectoid. Kind of. Kind of. 
So while Dave's getting the pour going, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more to Wendy since I know we're going to be talking to Eric in the next show. <laughs> <laughs> and that fucker is never going to shut up. Nope, he just, he just doesn't. Um, you mentioned earlier that the Roller Girls are doing the second uh, bit of the of the uh-huh. uh, of the fifth. Uh, what what's what's about the Roller Girls? Tell tell oh. us more about the Roller Girls thing and hey. your involvement and, and what got you into it. Well, and... first off, so there I was at Joseph's Grimshaw and Sarah's Grimshaw's going away party because they moved to California. And um, all the theater people converged in, in this location like because you do. it's Joseph and Sarah Scrimshaw. And I run into Jeff Larson, who was the technical director of the Fringe, which is how I got to know him because he was fixing problems in venues that I was performing in. And now he's the executive director. He's the head honcho. And so we're talking about how he's like, oh, we were working on five-fifths today. And I'm like, I I would love to do five fits sometime. And he's like, well, I think we've settled on our companies. And I'm like, okay. And then ironically, I said, you know, I think one of them, one of the fists should be a musical sometime. Oh, no, no, that would be way too difficult, says Jeff Larson. <laughs> way too technically difficult to pull off. I'm like, I disagree with you, Don't but we can leave that for later. Catch. And then he's, he mentions off the cuff because he has come to see a roller derby bout, one of my roller derby bouts. He said, actually, I would, I would love it if we got roller girls sometime. And I looked at him, I'm like, I could make that happen. Like, really, I could make that happen. He's like, okay, let me find out. I don't know what the status of things is. So it was, that was Saturday night and like Tuesday, I finally remembered and I email, I Facebooked and I'm like, Remember, we were talking, by the way, I checked with my Derby League, and yeah, we would definitely have enough interest to be able to, enough girls were like, yeah, I'd totally do that. And he's like, well, I think we've got them all booked, but somebody may have just backed out, let me find out. And then like a half an hour later, he's like, yep, you're in. (laughs) The Roller Girls are going to do, are going to do one-fifth of The Shining, and I'm just like, I'm just wondering if he turned to somebody after that whole thing and went, man, I played her. (laughs) (laughs) Violin. Oh, how I manipulated her. Oh, Uh, if only I knew a roller derby girl. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but I got him back because then my fringe show, my dance show for this year got in. Kitties. Now is not a good time to have fights, kitties. Okay. Um, I got him back because my dance show did get selected for Fringe. I got I won in the lottery. And what my dance show is, is I am taking well-known Fringe writers, and they are going to be dancers in my show. I am going to make writers <laughs> dance. Tim had the idea for the show, which is also fair because I had the idea for Top Gun the Musical, which is the show he's doing this year. <laughs> so we kind of traded ideas. So Tim had the idea for the show, and I'm I'm producing it. And so if Jeff was all like, ha, I manipulated Wendy, what he got shortly after was an email from me saying, by the way, when you go to schedule all the Fringe shows, you should know all of these very popular artists are also in my show and make sure that you don't cross-schedule them. <laughs> Good luck. Start drinking. Because I, I, I said, by the way, it might be difficult to schedule my show. And he was, I have to say, quite cocky. He's like, oh, no, I can do it. And I'm like, okay, here's the list. And he's like, oh. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> I, I, I could feel... 
the sort of wave of, uh, <laughs> even just through an email, like the pause before the reply was very pregnant. <laughs> Specific little question. They're, they're writers. Yes. They so, have to be creators, writing creators. Right. So, but that doesn't automatically mean that they are all performing in their fringe shows that they've written. No. Okay. No. But it would Often be pre- they are. Sure. So on a case back, is it just just to be on the safe side? You're just not going to try to not cross-schedule any of them just in case they are in the shows they're writing? Well, most of them are in their shows that they're writing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Tim actually isn't. Tim is writing mm-hmm. Top Gun, but he's not going to be in it. Okay. Yeah. But, like, um, I don't... And Ben Sandell and Philip Andrew Bennett Lowe and Kelvin Hatley and Tim Uren <laughs> oh. and... Cole Sarrar, Catherine Nicole, Glover, nice. Catherine Glover, yeah, Allegra awesome. has said yes, but then is like, ah, uh, wait, talk to me <laughs> after I give my after I read my dissertation on April fourth. But she said yes like last year, <laughs> really hoping that one sticks. John Heimbuck maybe. Jesus. So yeah, I'm serious. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> I know. Now picture these people, especially all these. White boys dancing. <laughs> oh, it's oh, be I'm, I'm having wonderful visions of this. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to make it clear though, it's not about doing goofy dances. It's not about playing up the comedy. I'm going to create real dances for them that suit their capabilities. That suit their abilities because they're going to have a really broad range, and not any of yeah. them are necessarily high level trained dancers. Yeah. So. But yeah, I'm going to. This is my challenge. Can I choreograph for people who are not dancers? Yeah. Which. And, but people who are creators and who want to tell a story and communicate, can you communicate in a different way? Right. It's going to be super fun. I, I'm, I'm looking adventure. forward to the show. It's going to yeah, be super be fun. But you originally asked about roller derby. What do you want to do? <laughs> uh, well, maybe a quick overview for the listeners who aren't what familiar. What is roller derby? What is roller derby? Well, How the movie Whip It is not. Um <laughs> To be fair, Whip It, and I own the movie and I love it, Whip It is banked track, and one of the biggest complaints you'll hear from roller girls is the fact that if you see roller derby in media, it is always banked track. And the fact of the matter is there are maybe a dozen banked track leagues in the entire United States, let alone world. Why is that? Because a banked track is a permanent installation that is expensive, to maintain, and then you have to find a place to keep it, so then you're having to pay rent, and you can't move it. So whatever place you are renting to keep it also becomes your bout venue, so it's got to be big enough for when you want to invite people in to watch. So you are paying for that space 24-7, even though you're only using it really for bouting. It's, it becomes horrendously expensive. Now, but does it look cooler? Nope. No, flat track derby is actually easier to watch because the track is flat, and it's a lot easier for the the spectators to see the action. There are hundreds, hundreds, possibly up to a thousand roller derby leagues that are flat track. Men's roller derby, women's roller derby, kids' roller derby. It is worldwide. They had a World Cup, and they had roller derby teams come from... London and Argentina, and there are roller derby teams in Korea. It is worldwide, and it is fantastic. But Whip It 
is banked track, and no, you cannot clothesline somebody in any kind of actual roller derby bounce. Oh, they will they will penalize you if you do. They will eject you, <laughs> and they will probably not let you play the next time you show up. Uh, did the winning team from Korea get 100% of the votes? <laughs> Other Korea. Oh, South Korea. Oh, yeah. sorry. South Korea. I don't think... I don't best, think Korea's, <laughs> best Korea's roller derby... Team wins all the matches. <laughs> Never lost. Actually, the Doge meme, the, the little dog. Yeah, yeah. Hugely Doge. 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 Um, it looks like Doge to me. Yeah. That one is hugely popular in my roller derby league right now. We're always like posting it like, such points. So, wow. Much win. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, roller derby. Um it is a violent sport, it is true, but it is violence that is carefully regulated. So there like are a hockey. lot of, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in the, the early days of roller derby were a lot more about the spectacle, and there has been a move in the last, definitely for the last five years, that has been going much more athletic, much more take us seriously as athletes. Now, I'm all for that, and I completely agree. One thing that bothers me is that there are some roller derby girls who are like, if you're wearing a skirt while you're playing roller derby, you are holding the sport back because we're supposed to be taken seriously as athletes. And I'm like, why do we have to dress like boys in order to be taken seriously? Huh? Pisses me off. But Well, yeah, that's, that's a little bit like people having that idea like, oh, if you're a true feminist, you won't take your husband's name when you get married. And it's like, I thought the idea of feminism was doing what you wanted. Yeah, I can choose to do whatever I want. That you are not following societal requirements. Yeah. Or intentionally going against them just because. Yeah. We're, all us hipsters, or all us, like, exes dress alike because we're rebellious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. So, there, it is a real sport. What is happening on the track is really happening. It has not been decided in advance. No, you're not going to see a fist fight or a brawl. Um, but what you are going to see is, a you will see girls flying because the hits can be huge. I took a hit from one of my teammates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was practice, and Joanna, Joanna Beatdown came at me, and it, she, it was beautiful, because I was looking over my right shoulder towards the outside of the track, because that's where the jammer was coming, and I was keeping my eye on her, because I was going to block her. Well, her teammate, Joanna, was like, I'm going to help my jammer who scores the point by getting rid of this blocker who's going to get in her way. And the way she did it is she came up on my blind side and she came across half the track with momentum just sideways right at me and hip checked me. I flew through the air about five feet horizontally. And then I landed on the cement on my side and proceeded to slide another six or seven feet into the wall. Where I finally stopped. I, I well, thank God she's wall. your friend. I, 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 I've seen, I think, at least one bout in the last three seasons. And so I, I, I enjoy going and watching the, the show. I, I, I know several people who, who derby now. Yeah. So. It's super fun. Is and it? I don't like... I never played a sport. I never played a sport. But I like this sport. It's very relaxing because when you're playing roller derby that is the only thing that you can be thinking about everything else goes away it has to because when you're playing roller derby you're thinking about 20 different things at any given time 
you, it is so much is happening, and you are, have to be paying attention to so many things in order to do it remotely well. And then you fail at five of them, and you come off the track, and you feel like an asshole. But that, and then you're, oh, I got to do better next time. The question about you saying on your blind side. I'm assuming the helmets aren't like no, uh, the helmets not symmetrical. It's is it what creates a blind side? She wasn't looking that way. I was looking over my right shoulder. Just cause, just because of the way you happen to be looking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because. The nature of roller derby is you're skating one direction, mm -hmm. and the people and what you're wanting to do is stop somebody behind you from getting around you, which means while you're skating, you are very rarely actually looking where you're going. <laughs> it's true. You're always looking behind you. We call it head on a swivel. Yeah. And what you're also supposed to do, which I failed at, is not just, oh, hey, look, there's a jammer. I should check to see what the hell else is going on around me. Oh, hi, it's a person. <laughs> hey, don't do that. <laughs> Get away from my left side. I would rather you didn't knock me into the wall. And before we get back to the scotch, the one last thing I'm going to say is that I am highly amused by all of the names you all take for yourselves. And so, <laughs> That's half the fun. It, it really is. And I, I, I love listening to the, to the uh, commentators say all those names as the action is happening. And it, it just, it makes me, it, it, it gives me a good deal. You know, my roller derby name is Bossy Nova. So I get called bossy, which is entirely appropriate. And what you need to understand is the numbers are actually important, too. Mm -hmm. The numbers are often related or are personally significant. So my number is 5678 because I'm a choreographer. Um, one of my teammates, former teammates, was Subaka, and her number was 73 because, as we know, Chewbacca was 7 foot 3. Okay? Mm -hmm. So um, Wookie Puss, and, of course, her number is... 77? 8. 1138. Ah. Uh, oh. Sure. Yeah. So it doesn't always go together, but there's usually a yeah. connection if you can make it. I guess 77 because that's when Star Wars came out. Nope. Original. 1138. Yeah. The, yep. um, yeah, that, that's. Rude Barb, and her number is 3.14. Rude Barb. Barb Pi. Yep. The, the thing about sports that are not perhaps mainstream or, or fully traditional is you get to have more fun. Mm -hmm. You can still be athletes, you can still be taken seriously, but you can also get to have fun that a lot of the, oh yes, we're very established, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you get to have fun names, you get to name your team well, crazy things. Why? I feel like this is part of what people like. Yeah. And this is what sells tickets. Why would you stop this? Oh, we need to be taken seriously. Why do, <laughs> why do you think we need to give this up to be taken seriously? Yeah. I, I agree. There are some names that I feel like we need a little bit more control over our naming conventions because some of the names cross a line for a sport that promotes itself as being family friendly. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Buster Hyman. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. There's there's a reason that the over huh. over the line is a very big sport in California, mm -hmm. um, and there's the great over the line tournament in San Diego, and the newspaper pretty much can't announce any team that participates. I mean, period. They're just like, and there was a great deal of the lot of teams and blah, 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 and there we can't tell you who won or... Well, it, it'd be kind of hard. It should be hard for them to, dis, uh, to to complain about not getting enough press if they're... Oh, no, they, they don't. Like, they probably don't, but... You know. Okay, they're, they do cross the line occasionally because the... the I think they now have a men's trophy winner as well, mm. but the, the female spokesperson of this the event is Miss Emerson. Yeah. There's a now, I believe, a male a counterpart. So I guess it's equal uh, objectification. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm. I, I'm not. That was that was one of the things a lot of people are like. Can we not do that? But very few people are like. No, we must clean up the names. Everybody yeah. must. Be. It's been like you can't say you can't publish the names for the last twenty five years. Why start now? <laughs> I almost named myself Acid Sharice, but I didn't because uh, my legs were not long enough to pull to even remotely mm. be compared to Miss Sin Sharice because she was a goddess. She has all legs. All legs. Start somewhere around her neck. I also considered sassafat asafras, <laughs> but it wouldn't it's fit on long. that jersey. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to It'd hyphenate. Start up one arm, go across the back, down the other. A coworker about four years ago was considering trying out, and we were just joking uh, over I am at work about names, and I came up with a couple that were based on like classic movie actress names. Mm-hmm. No clue what they were now, you know, years ago. But um, it's a, that's a good convention to play off of. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, and the puns are Audrey Rugburn. That that I, I had thought of that uh, more recently, actually, just in another conversation. But that, um, I don't think that was one at the time. Yeah, that the the puns are very, very yeah. eclectic. I mean, they, they can be based on names, they can be based on ideas, they can be based on pie. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah, my my uh, my karaoke friend uh, was Grey Duck, and so as someone who recently got into the Duck Duck Grey Goose Duck Duck Grey Duck versus Duck Duck Goose argument on Facebook again. Uh, the fact that she was Grey Duck was like, yes! So so you're on the wrong side. Yes, clearly. She was a teammate of mine, and then she transferred to the other team, and then uh, then we hit each other on the track a lot. Did you yell, goose, every time you hit <laughs> Actually, in practice, I did actually quite yes. a few <laughs> There's a lot of ridiculous things. The, the fun thing is that even though we're playing each other, and when we play, we are playing each other. It is deadly serious. For all that it's deadly serious, when we line up on the line, it's often ridiculous. If you could hear what we're saying to each other, um, especially especially once we are in a situation where we're relaxed a little bit. Like if there's an official's timeout and we're already lined up and we have to stand there anyway, it's a dance party. It's uh, who's buying what drink at the after party. It's, um, you know, mm-hmm. what did I do last Saturday night and who did I do it with? <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Okay. So there's there's a good caramel flavor the smell. Yeah, right. What smell. did you? Oh, you did tell them the insectoid. Yes, yes the insectoid. The oh yeah, it's very caramel. Yeah. I like. Now, that. as we'll cover this in the future, it's there's a there's a they, they do put caramel color in this, so caramel is not an unexpected flavor to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In it, so um, you get that. I do smell the peat. Mm-hmm. It's. It's lighter than I think the regular Lagavulin. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and Xerxes apparently oh, is saying hi to me. excuse me? You have intruded <laughs> upon my space. If I had known, I would have ro- worn my roller derby gear. <laughs> I've been attacked. Oh, so Xerxes would have taken that as a like challenge. Times, <laughs> Beep! And there was, I like the little... <laughs> yep. Yeah, you, you talk about it. Oh, somebody's pissed. Xerxes. You'd be a good kitty. He's actually mellowed out a whole lot since you got Trill. Yeah. I mean, he would have he would have bitten me at least three times by now. Getting maybe in, in, in the real, real back of the nose, I'm getting just the lightest hint of banana. Uh-oh, that's a problem. You I know. Banana. I, I, I'm, I'm not caring for that. Uh, I already went in. Yeah, I did too. too. <laughs> Guys, yeah, I'm yeah. going in. Call my wife I, if I don't come back. The, the lead. Wait, have you? 
Have you tasted them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, the I, lead. The lead for me on the tongue was um, salt and peat. Yeah, that's what I got. And then I got caramel. And there's just not. There's not much here. There's not a lot of uh, finish. No. no. It it goes away very quickly. It it sort of drops very by much. to say hello and and borrow a cup of sugar and then leaves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no I walk of shame the next morning for this. I think Scotch. there's. <laughs> I, I think there is a little bit of banana in the finish. Yeah, but there's a head of an overripe banana in the back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing is, I'm, and I, it was so fast, I'm not sure I can label it. When I first <laughs> drank it. <laughs> so are you saying that, that the scotch finishes fast? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Prematurely, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm uncomfortable with this subject. <laughs> okay, Mr. Rimjob. <laughs> um... But there was an initial quick shot of sweet that I got, and then it was gone. And I'm not sure what to label it other than, you know... I think the overripe bananas is there throughout, actually. I think I get it at the beginning, just subtle, and then at the end, it's there It's there in the finish more than anything else. But I taste it all the way through. Okay. It's very light I, on the it's, palate, but it's... It's, it's psychological, but I'm smelling the bananas. Oh, I know. Me too. And I'm just like, bastards. Damn it. I'm smelling artichoke. No, no, there, there is no artichoke. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. There is only Zool. Rutabaga. You know, my dad really liked Rutabaga. Growing up, my mom would fix it for him, and none of us kids would have it. We thought it smelled awful. And now that I'm an adult, I have made roasted Rutabaga. Roasted Rutabaga is pretty awesome. Pretty freaking great. Um I like beets. Chris yeah, Chris makes beets. My dad made beets, that's where I Got my my beet love, and of course roasting coffee, roasting things, roasting vegetables. Well, is, is a is a goodness. Jeez, why do Brussels sprouts? I grew up in the seventies where my father's family tortured me with canned and boiled vegetables, and then we're like, why won't you eat your vegetables? Because they're <laughs> they, they gross. Oh my god, I thought that's what vegetables were. Um, California Pizza Kitchen has a roasted vegetable dish. That is startling for a pizza place. I'm like, this is amazing. Sorry, that was good. Uh, uh, uh. There, oh, now we're even. Don't kick the table. Um, no, I kick don't you. kick me into the table. That's my broken foot. Well, I added water, and, and it's uh, it's just the nose is just innocuous now. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's nothing there. Yeah, like I smelled, I, I, I smelled the coffee because I thought my nose was just too plugged up to. Actually, it smells like coffee to me now. It, maybe it's because you just wafted it by me, but. No, I, I, I no not so much. Not so no. much the coffee now. It was just you putting it in my face. This it's, is this, yeah. I that, like. I mean, it's pleasant. I'm not. I'm not disliking mm-hmm. the flavor with either dry or wet. But there's oh, not much there. There's not it's much. Not there's not much no. there wet now. I mean, there wasn't a ton there before, I'm, but I'm not getting very much. I mean, there's a hint of caramel. Yeah. Some if you heat. if you offered this to me, I would want to check that it was actually alcoholic. Just from the smell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah. No. From the smell, you there's yeah. There, there's no. You know, this is something where if somebody offered me a drink of this, I would drink it and I would have enjoyed the drink. <laughs> we could probably get. But I would have no like recollection Maybe. of it. It would be like, no, oh would, my god, what is that? Like oh, oh, thank you very much. But we could get here, one. Try some of mine. That was pleasant. Yeah. I appreciate your social sharing. It um it kind of falls on the spectrum of cough syrups for me. It, I'm sorry, it does. It, no, no, I've, I've that, wasn't a, that, that wasn't a judgy. It was a oh, interesting. It's, 
It's I'm sorry. watery, I, I, it's I, alcoholic, I, but it's not particularly flavorful. I can't disagree with that. I mean, it's not... If you if you had moose poop... What is it? Moose drool? Here? Full, full, full poop. Uh, moose trace? So far, now she's just talking random words. Buffalo trace. Buffalo trace bourbon. Is that the oh. white, the, the clear bourbon? We just call no. it full poop. And uh, no, I, I like buffalo no. trace. Yeah, the, a friend brought it to Khan because he really, really liked it. But I was drinking it because I had a horrible hacking cough for no reason. <laughs> and alcohol will soothe the cough. Uh-huh. So I, I kept taking shots of it. And by the end of the weekend, I hated it because partially because I was having to drink so much from all the coughing, but also because the association of coughing. And then there's just, I don't want to drink this anymore. I'd rather drink something that tasted different. And but this is what I'm stuck with, and this reminded me of that. Yeah, it's it, it's got a menace. Well, it's not menacing, but it's it's definitely got a cough syrup, not particularly pleasant flavorish thing to it. That this is not what I would have expected. No, from from the Lagavulin, which the Lagavulin 16, the regular, is amazing in my top three. And <laughs> this so why'd cost, you give us this? <laughs> well, because we've won, we've had the the sixteen we've on the show. Yeah. Two personal spite. This is in fact Beef. I just cracked open the bottle. I've never had this before. So and three, I thought it was going to be good. Oh, that's always the worst. Mm-hmm. You're I mean, this is this is ten dollars more than the regular bottle. You were expecting something great, and it so I was failed. expecting it to be. Maybe not. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, sure. I was expecting it to be better, but I was also expecting it to be. Just good in general. Well, I mean, here, here's my thing. I, with, 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 with the distillers editions that I have had, I have not been as happy with them as I am with the regular line, with the possible exception of the Oban. The, well, yeah, I, well, the Oban is. See, now is they're for, talking deep whiskey shit, and I don't know anything, yeah. so you guys just That's keep fair. going. Yeah, it's a yeah. special release. I mean, you 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 would normally expect if they go limited editions and special really re- special well, release. It's not really a limited. Well, edition. I know, but we, we, we've proven more than once that special edition doesn't mean better. I mean, the Loki yeah. was was mediocre. <laughs> we're we're releasing it in limited numbers because it sucks. The the black art <laughs> was not that impressive. When you when you say that this is your distillers, you know, this is your master distillers like special blend of something. That's it. Be good. Be yeah, I mean, it's got the monogram of each master distiller. I know, right? There's like um, three of them, isn't there? Or was that the other one? Did uh, we do a uh, stage reading it? No, no, no. no. And, and the pompous no, reading will be read by Aaron. <clears throat> I was trying to see where because it's got shit. It's a fucking novel. Yeah, I'm not no. Right? I was trying to see what part. Oh, sometimes I read the whole novel. It's, it's yeah. it can be a lot of fun. Um, this this is like. Mm. There, it brags about the master distiller, but you know, oh, you got okay. You, you got you got to read the, the whole thing seriously. Distiller. Well, because I mean, it just talks about the moniker. It's basically the same I am the master, master distiller edition blurb. Are you a distiller? I am the um, master distiller, which is okay. Each special edition, uh, special limited edition, oh, it's both, is hallmarked as a symbol of rarity and superior quality. The hallmark carries the symbol of the distillery, its founding year assay mark, the type of cask wood in which the whiskey has been double matured, and the monogram of each master distiller. 
with the strongest peat flavors of all the island malts. What? Lies. Sorry. Bullshit. <laughs> Langerulin has a dry and complex strength of character and characteristic notes of sea spray. It is perfectly matched with the sweet accents of sun-dried grapes. Of <laughs> what? That's what it said. Now, sun-dried of bananas, maybe. Sun-dried grapes of Pedro Ximenez cask wood. Don't they call those raisins? Mm-hmm. Sad sun-dried grapes. grapes. Sun-dried grapes. Okay. No. Wait, 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 wait. Are there raisins? Moss, wait, moss water passing over rocky falls, steeped in mountain air and moonland peat. Moorland, excuse me. Moorland peat. Distilled and matured in oak casks exposed to the sea, shape Langevulin's robust and smoky characters. Time, they say, time, say the islanders, takes out the fire, but leaves in the warmth. Okay, <laughs> I didn't taste any raisins, and I'd like to point out that moss water sounds gross. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've got to go bath some moss water. That just sounds, that's just like green, scummy water. That's what that says. I, I, also, I, I, I'd like I, I, to know. I can see like the fairy court naming a liquor moss water. But how do you steep something in mountain air? The fairy court would name shitty moonshine moss water. Yeah. Like some some burn your throat makes you regret it, but at least you got drunk. Yeah. What was the thing about moon water, Pete? Uh, more more water steeped in mountain air and moorland peat. Oh, moorland. Yeah, I, 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 like I like moonland. Moonland, yeah. moonland peat. Moonlanding. Moon it's, it's craterous. Apollo moonlanding. It's craterous. It lacks oxygen. Moonland and... Pete's my favorite folk singer from the sixties. <laughs> That's where you get the moss water. <laughs> <laughs> I went touring with <laughs> moonland, moonland peat. And the moss water No, I, I got a serious, serious question for totally a moment. It's totally going to be a zap. Running water in streams, rivers, etc. There is when it passes through a, like a bunch of reeds or you know patches of leaves or, or stuff like that. There is a certain amount of filtering that happens oh. there. So isn't that what they're talking about? Well, or trying to imply. I think they're trying to imply that, but the they're they're also trying to evoke what Scotch is. I mean, the whole one of the qualities of Scotch is the local water, sure. and everyone claims that theirs is purer, differenter, and amazinger than everyone else's. And so the whole moss water running rock, you know, over moss covered and rocks. The, 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 com- and the competitive in the whole language they use and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Lagavulin and the floor. We're talking take two. Lacroix did argue over water rights at one point in time yeah. in their history. So. Uh, I would rather my water go over rocks than moss. If I was going to drink something, I'd rather drink minerals rather than dead bugs. Just so, saying. So, uh, uh, just on the subject of that competition kind of thing, uh, a month ago, I was in China for work, and I was with one of our manufacturers who was a guy from France, and in the course of driving around to the different stuff we were doing and all that, we were chatting about different things, and he just randomly asked, what is an inherently Minnesotan food? What are, what are foods that are, you know, specific to Minnesota in some way? The juicy beef. I got to that, yes, actually, and and I told him a little bit of the backstory that I picked. You know, right, that there, now I want there are two fucking juicy right. juicy. And but what, the, here's the best part because he's he's probably going to visit us later this year. And I was when we were chatting, and I'm telling him about the whole thing of like, 
well, there are these two main places that claim to have invented the Juicy Lucy, and there's this big disagreement about it, and all that, but I, and I describe the whole thing. It's like a cheeseburger, but the cheese stuffed in the middle, and blah, 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 and all that. And he says, well, you know, when I when I come to visit, I really want to go, I, I want to try this. I want to have this Juicy Lucy. And, I, and, and he said, but only if I can go to the original. <laughs> so he needs to go to both maps and the other one, right? Yeah. Uh, club, club 5A. 5A, uh, the 5A? 5A Club, yeah. I thought it was called the 5A. Yeah. Uh, um, Lex Larson took me there once. She prefers their Juicy Lucy's. She is wrong. They're not as good as Matt's. I, I like Matt's. So I'm willing to go have, with Matt's rather than a number. See, I've, I've only been to both places like maybe once each, so I don't really have enough to go on. Matt's, What's wrong with you? I will say this for Matt's. I believe they have a, a more um, an extended projectile quality with their cheese. <laughs> their cheese is definitely under pressure. Mm. Beware cheesel discharge, as friends of mine used to say. Well, and they've got a great marketing campaign. They even put it on T-shirts. Fear the cheese. Mm-hmm. And you should. My mom once <laughs> ordered one. And she took a bite. It was and amazing. And my mom knew how to, I mean, my mom was not a noob mm-hmm. to the Juicy Lucy. She knew that you don't just, you know, <laughs> wade right in with a huge bite. She took mm-hmm. that lovely no first squeezing. little nibble, mm-hmm. right, nibble, and it squirted out sideways three feet and landed on the wall. And her Juicy Lucy was then empty. <laughs> when the, when the, the server came over, first of all, and you would expect they would have seen it all. The server was like, wow, I've, I've never seen that before. Well, my mom's like, I bit, and it's there, and it's empty. And she's like, what the, are you okay? Because that cheese will scald you. Yeah. She's like, are you okay? Did any land on you? No, I'm fine. I just, it's empty now. Yeah, it's like lava. They gave her a new one. They gave her a new one. I, do, I, I also do like, actually, um, at the Nook. Mickey's Nook in St. Paul, because they make a similar version of it that they call the Nookie. <laughs> Get it? Because that's the name of the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It, is it good? Yeah, it was good. I kind of... They do American cheese, and part of it is you've got to get a cheese that melts, right? A Swiss Juicy Lucy wouldn't work that well. But part of me really wants a blue cheese. Oh, I don't know. Juicy yeah, I, 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 I know there's a place that does it. I don't remember oh. where. American's got a nice melt to it, and yeah. it does taste really good with beef. Um, yeah. What other thing? I mean, because because the, the mac and cheese yeah. is kind of a... Um, I, mentioned the, I mentioned the running joke about lutefisk yeah. and and how many people nah, won't eat it. Tater tot hot dish. No, I told them a lot of things. I, I, mentioned, I, mentioned, I mentioned hot dish as, and, and it being a name thing for casserole. You know, he knew the idea of a casserole. Hmm. Um. And so, ca- well, you know, cassoulet is a specific French dish. Oh my like God, you're so pedantic. <laughs> Dog. Yeah. Um, but but so and and, and the, the actually the thing that I found really entertaining, honestly, was that night I made a post on Facebook saying, "Hey, how you know? Hey, friends, what's I was having this conversation? What's in you know? Like, what do you see as a very specific Minnesotan food? And man, the <laughs> big long conversation that had a couple of sub arguments in it was so hilarious because there was all this like you know oh pizza but it's got to be like this kind of pizza and then someone else going I've seen that kind of pizza anywhere and they're like blah, blah. you know it's just all this weird back and forth and I'm like looking for things that are well like I, I also thought of like wild rice stuff yeah. or wild rice soup 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, that's something that you don't you can find in other places, but there's something kind of very. And Minnesota's really embraced it. Walleye. You know, and yeah, I mentioned walleye. Oh, yeah, because then it. you go to a, another state, and walleye is a, a shitty fish. Yeah, well, well it's, all, it's, it's a pair of It's too. It's just it's all we got. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, of course you can find wild rice anywhere in the country. They ship it. Yeah, but it's not. Well, it actually grows in a lot of other places too, but it's, it grows is, very readily here. And it's um, very particularly important to the native cultures, right? Of Minnesota mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the uh, Ojibwe. Right. And Ashinawa. Which is why we Ashinawa. co-opted it as white people <laughs> and made our soup. <laughs> they, oh, You're they doing it wrong. You should put it in water and boil it. <laughs> They Just like all of our vegetables, we, we get their we get their rice as well as their land. Yes, we, and everything else. We yeah. come for your land and rice and corn <laughs> and maple syrup. Maple. Oh, that's from Vermont. Not maple. Um, but they do. They uh, the sugar bush. The the native tribes did. Um, their they did a lot of uh, syrup harvesting. Uh, there are a lot of sugar bushes. Um, in in this area. So there's something else. Yeah. Syrup is actually Minnesotan. There you go. You learn something. Oh, yeah. So, the question of the day. Because oh, Dave's doing did, it this did time. Did we rate it yet? Oh, yeah, we, we haven't rated it. yet. We yeah, haven't rated it no, yet. No, that's true. They, they, I don't they, think they, any of us were particularly I like, go I must rate this one. <laughs> Dare I say we forgot about it? <laughs> I'll give it a 2.1. You still liked it better than I liked the other one. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, uh... Again, I thought it was inoffensive and innocuous, but I would never go out of my way to drink. I, 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 I think he's on to something here. I think I'm going to give it a two-one as well. Uh, I, I certainly preferred the Kohila, and that's not giving any points to anything. That's damning with faint praise, to use a cliche. Well, screw your numbers, two-two. Well then. Well. For I, basically the reasons previously mentioned. It's inoffensive. It's unmemorable, and. The other one was actually slightly better, so I've got to give it something lower than a 2.0, so I guess a 1.9. I forget. Uh, I'm judgy. <laughs> I've heard that. I, I'm i really sad that I paid good money for this. <laughs> it was literally $10 more than the regular version, mm-hmm. which I love. Yes. Oh, that, I mean, I that is the, the love. That is the bitterest, bitterest and feeling. <laughs> I don't know if that's... Well, it's clearly not You were supposed my... to be the chosen one. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Ewan McGregor. Um, I mean, I know it was high hopes to expect that it was going to be in my top three, but... Top what, ten would have been nice. What a fucking disappointment. Um, <sighs> we, we obviously don't... We had to put a number on it. We, we had to put a number on we it. Obviously, now, we obviously don't agree with the distillers. Now, is it important to you to avoid your... Perhaps inflated expectations, right. coloring your perception. Because it's like you—if you hadn't had such high hopes, would you be so disappointed? Like, is that the difference between, say, a one point one and a one point five, or whatever you're thinking? Well, uh, talking about math, miracles is going to just be right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> you, 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 oh, I, I'm so happy. <laughs> I, I, I knew you'd be a good guess. I. Rate your disappointment. Yeah, no, it's I, I've, I've been thinking a, a solid two. Quantify your loss. I feel really bitchier than all of you. Apparently, I just I, have higher expectations for alcohol. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh. Hey, uh, well, see, the interesting thing about about our guests like having guests on is guests always have different ideas for what each number means. 
whereas Cedius and I stay relatively the same. Hmm. I drink this. But I wouldn't enjoy it. Well, you're going to have to. I, 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 it's I, I, either that or give it away as a, quote, gift. Hey, we were trying to get... Uh, AON wants to do another Scotch Month. You want to leave me the bottle? See? There we go. <laughs> Matt, you heard nothing. <laughs> like, he's one of the two listeners. He actually might be. He actually is very likely oh. to be one of the well, three. I, was I just, loved it. I was just intentionally making the downgrade from three to two, and nobody commented. <laughs> I did. I said three. All right. I'd say there were only one listener, but there are three people who make the podcast. Dave <laughs> like, doesn't listen. listen. <laughs> I was here. Yeah. Why would I listen? I was there. I have to do the post-production, so I have to listen to it once again. So. The, funny, the funny thing is, from, from guesting on a few podcasts, if they're pod, especially being podcasts that I will listen to regularly, I will listen to the episode with me in it because... I want to know how it comes across. Yeah. And if I were a member of that podcast, I think I would be a lot less likely to because I'm doing it every week. I don't want to re-listen to it every week. I, I suspect would be my feeling. But. Uh, we haven't done enough Xanadu ones for that to be the case yet. Sure. I, it may become the case. Oh, a- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We ramble so much that the edit is a revelation. It's like... What what did you manage to glean yeah, from that? Yeah, well, and that's but that's also very different than the couple I've been on because the couple that I've been on were pretty much unedited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I have to say, listening to to Xanadu compared to the other podcast, mm-hmm. you were very stream of consciousness. Yeah, in in your discussion, and I enjoy that. That, that that's how I write initially, and then I put things in order. Uh, if there is one. And what you're listening to is order out Chronologically, more chaos. Yeah. No, it is order oh, out. Oh, you, you, you don't just cut, but you also move around? I rearrange. Oh, yeah. What, what I actually do is, when I'm the one editing, I don't know how Melissa does hers, I, I listen to the raw footage and I start clipping things that hang together naturally. Okay. And I write down on a little piece of paper, like, this clip, and they're numerical clips, I'm mm-hmm. like, this clip is about you know, Robert Downey Jr. is short. Sure. Right? And then it's like, oh, then we talked about uh, Jason Statham movies. Then we talked about uh, how women are always naked, but you never get to see the penis, right? And I and I have all these little it's pieces of paper. Penises. And then yeah. what I do is I, I look at all these pieces of paper and I start mixing Unix and matching and sorting. And it doesn't matter when we talked about it. Sure. Because often we will start a topic wander off for a half hour and then come back to it and I'll be like, you know what? I am actually going to put those two next to each other. That would make more sense. I'm enjoying listening to the show and and as a contrast to listen to Melissa's other movie podcast, Real Real Education, I often listen to both in the same day just (laughs) for just... The, the complete difference that the those two podcasts are. Yeah, it's well, just... I've described Xanadu Cinema as, you know how at Convergence, it's Saturday night, it's 3 a.m., everybody's a little bit tipsy, and you're sitting outside Cinema Rex and you start talking about movies? That's Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. <laughs> it's, it, there's usually a topic, but anything could come up, and then, oh, well, let's talk about that instead. That, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the, with, with this last scotch... You know, one of the things I find most interesting is same, same age, mm-hmm. yeah, same, same distillery, age, same distillery, same water. Yep. Same. I'm sure it's the same source of hops or of a, a barley. Yeah. And and peat. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it just the fact that one goes from top three to bottom whatever. Yeah. It's it, it makes you just go. 
Wow. Scotch is crazy. Yup. Whatever you just did, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, go back so, to the other way. Speaking of, of being sold a bill of goods, the question of the night is, what's the biggest lie your parents told you growing up? Oh, my. Oh. Well, see, this is going to be really hard for me because we never did the Easter Bunny. We never did Santa. Well, I, since, since I've had a little bit of time to prepare, and mine is very easy, it's, we'll pay for your college, son. <laughs> oh. See, see, mine, mine. Do you need to lie down on the couch and uh, talk about how you feel on that? No, mine. no, 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 no. See, they bought a house, so I, I learned to live in their my college fund for several years. See, I, I, I was told somewhere in my early elementary years, probably around third or fourth grade, when I started programming on the Apple II Plus, that the reason we had an Apple II Plus is that my father had cashed in uh, both the, the college saving funds and the life insurance policies on my brother and I to be able to buy the computer. And then he never used it. And There's so, no way that computer cost that much. Uh, you are implying that either the life insurance policies or what they managed to save was any amount of money yeah, at this point. So, I mean, we, we did not have a lot. So, I mean, in terms of things, there, there was not a lot going in, and, and the life insurance policies had not been in play for very long. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we bought What's a computer. Your life? Let's get a computer. Yeah. So uh, let's get it. He's never going to die. He never goes outside. Now, now, well, actually, that's true. It is a sort of a life insurance policy. It's a no life insurance policy. (laughs) Well, I mean, how can you kill that which has no life? (laughs) Since since, since that did lead to my college degree and and the money I'm making now, which my first job out of college was more than my dad was making after being there for however long he'd been there. Shortly after my getting a job, he quit his job because he thought he could get better elsewhere, and he did. Um, yeah, that was a complete. You know, they they never. It was a sort of life insurance. They 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 suggested to me that I should. Then I started getting a job that I should squirrel at least half of my every paycheck away because I was going to need to pay for my college. They were like the bird parent kicking you off the wing to see if you'd fly. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I, I caught an updraft. And I'll so... take the next one because mine's going to be dark and bitter, and then somebody else can lighten <laughs> it back up. But maybe. Um, no, it's because <laughs> my my mom and dad went through a custody battle, and my mom actually raised me um, for the most part and did a really good job. I knew that if my mom said, "I promise," it was going to come true. And my mom raised me with this sarcastic attitude, you know, occasionally she would, she would like do things that would hurt me. This sounds horrifying, but like, you know, she'd hold me down and tickle me, right? As parents do to play. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. No. And she's like, love hurts. (laughs) And you know what? Growing up with a parent who will say that means that to a certain extent I was inoculated to the fact that love does hurt and life is not fair. Now, the biggest lie my parents told me would have been my father when my father claimed he cared. Because my father, while he may care for me, cares for himself a lot more. And anything he did for me or with me or to me was as a reflection of what it was he actually wanted. And so that's the biggest lie from my childhood. And I'm sorry to be a downer, but it's the only one I can think of. <laughs> Sounds like my um, So let's go from dark to boring. I wish I had some... I, I think I can outbore you. You are so white. I, I know. My, well, my parents <laughs> were... 
you know, so, I mean, seriously. really nice. And I mean, the, and they never lied to you about anything that you can think of. I honestly, you know, I mean, the, you I, want going to back to what Cynthia said, really, like, yeah, when we were very young, of course, it was the whole, you know, Santa or Easter Bunny kind of stuff. And I'm sure they lied about random things occasionally here and there, but not in any. They were better liars than you were noticing. If if that yeah I still yeah and, and honestly like and and I have I do have a, a vaguely Santa related story though which is that my older brother I have two older brothers my oldest brother read our encyclopedia set okay and I don't mean he would look things up okay he started at no, A and went to Z I don't know that he went through it specifically in order but he went to my mom at one point and said can we get a new encyclopedia I've read this one oh my god okay yeah okay so. Yeah, and and so at one point, when he was around, so about three years apart between, you know, my oldest brother and then middle brother and then me, okay, so, you know, six years older than me, I was probably around two or three, so he's about eight, and he goes to see, this is my oldest brother, Steve, and he pulls Jeff aside, the middle brother, and he's like, I read this in the encyclopedia, look at this, it's about Santa Claus. <laughs> and it was like it says in here that Santa's not real, and they had to keep this secret from mom and dad that they'd figured this out. <laughs> and mom and dad didn't know, and they didn't know for a number of no, wait, for did, a few years. Did mom and dad believe in Santa Claus in their worldview, or? Because it'd be kind of, no, it'd be kind of charming if kids were like, "We've discovered Wait, Santa's not real," and we, mom and dad still believe in Santa. Yeah, no, we no. cannot destroy this for them. Well, yeah, no, no. And, and, the, but, and the the kids' worldview did the kids believe that mom and dad believed in Santa Claus? No, no, okay, no. See, no, Steve and Jeff very clearly like they somehow pieced out that it would see it would be like like they found out too soon. Like, oh my god, we and they couldn't tell me. Because I was only like three or four, and yeah, you'd stop getting presents well, yeah. from Santa. And yeah. there, was, there was a risk of death presents thing. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, and so that and that was kind of the vibe. And I mean, I heard about the story, you know, of course, years we can't and years tell later. Eric, so he'll spill the beans. Yeah, he can't be trusted. Right, and then there's an element of that. I would not be surprised. So. Um, I'm I'm right there with you on the horribly boring. Um, I guess they tried to convince at one point Santa was real, but I mean, when you know, uh, we still got Santa presents with thirty. <laughs> so I mean, I, no one was really making an effort at that point. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, uh, well, I, no, I would I would say I have a vague memory of the tooth fairy being real. Okay. But you know, hey, it was a quarter. So what, who am I to argue? Yeah. Well, so I don't, I don't know if this comes out of the thing that happened with my brothers in some weird way. Like if they somehow weren't as secretive as that they thought they were. But I don't have very clear memories of just full on believing the Santa thing. Yeah. Um. You know, and 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 then to be fair, you know, well, I mean, well into adulthood because it's fun. Mom and Dad always labeled one or two presents. Yeah. From Santa uh-huh. and other random creative names. I don't know if you could hear the air quotes on that. <laughs> um, you know, but if it was like, you know, like if, if my dad was a huge Green Bay Packers fan. So if, 
you know, my mom gave him some piece of Green Bay Packers clothing or memorabilia, it could be from something like from the cheese monster or whatever. You know, just some random stream of consciousness tangent thing that vaguely related. And I thought that was fun. Um, because it was in a, it was in a fun, playful way. Sometimes they were bad puns. Sometimes they were just, you know, being goofy. Um, but that, I, I feel like that added character to the whole gift giving experience when you're opening, opening, excuse me, a ton of presents at, at the holidays anyway. Yeah. My, my mom would occasionally like buy, you know, she needs new spatulas and she'd buy the spatulas while she was out and she'd give them to my dad and say, here's some spatulas that I would like for Christmas. And so this would be, this would be like May. <laughs> so they would, they would, they would, I don't stay, need them now, but I will in about seven months. They would stay in the closet and for Christmas, there would be a package labeled to Katie from Katie. <laughs> and she, she, well, what was great is she'd look at them and go, what? And open it and be like, oh, the spatulas! <laughs> That's delightful. Oh. Especially because that much time later, you're like, what was this? Yeah. Uh, That's, yeah. Really, yeah. That's really neat. But, but yeah, I, you know, I'm, if at some point I was either convinced to believe in Santa or allowed to believe in Santa or whatever, I have no recollection of the discovery point of, it's a lie! Yeah, I don't well, remember I think it's, either. Because I think it's a, it's actually a slow reveal for yeah. those kids. Yeah. The ki- there are kids around you who have stopped believing, mm-hmm. and then there's this there's this whole fact that... suspicion of, creeps in before you yeah. face it head on. Yeah. And it's like, well, they don't believe. What do you, wo- do you believe in, Sam? I don't know. I feel like who... maybe I should be doubting. I don't know. I think I still believe. Like, yeah. There are those kids that have the older brothers, and they don't believe in Santa, or they, they know better by now, and then, you know, that trickles down, and so then it spreads, starts to spread a little bit yeah. as you get to, like, second yeah, and third. And it's, so it's not like a, a discovery. In it's that at some yeah. point you go... I, I mean, think I have to admit I don't believe in Santa. Unless you've got a brother who's like six or seven years older than you and you're like six or seven years. It's like, Santa's not fucking real, kid. And you're like... Why would you do that? See, you know what would have been a better question is, what is the one truth that your parents told you that you're like, why would you tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could have lived my... I've nope, been trying nope to, to discover self, that on my own. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I, 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 I was going to say, I mean, in, in terms of the Santa thing, like I said, I, I was never told that there was one, but I, I was precocious enough that I was... We don't have a chimney. What? How, how do, so, so I would go over to other friends' houses, and of course, I had to decide whether or not that friend could take it or not, because every time it's like, oh, Santa's going to be... Yeah, so <clears throat> that, that, that's cool. Well, chimney, you don't have a chimney no either. What? Well, that's, what? I mean, in, in, in terms of things, though, no think, think no. about it. What, what, what you said earlier, though, the one thing that my parents might have tried was the tooth fairy, but I remember the first time I lost the tooth, and Mom said, well, stick it under your pillow, and the tooth fairy will, will come, and I said, try not to wake me up. And so... <laughs> I, I, I revealed nope. to her that I had no, re- you know, no quarter for you, sucker. Well, no, I still got one. She's like, she gave me this look, like, all right, you already know that's cool. But no, I, I, I will say though, if I'm going to have to pick something to to really have an answer that, that that they try to tell me, because I am now what I am, I will say uh, God doesn't exist, and they tried to to push the Christmas. Oh thing. yeah, that just so, occurred to me. Yeah, that, my that, dad that, is that still is hugely Christian, and like. At one point, he sent me a birthday card that was super religious, and I'm like, "Wow, way to just reveal! You don't even know your daughter. Yeah. Are you kidding me?" My my my, my extended family is, is 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 fairly religious still, and and my other atheist cousin and I make a point to be opposite each other in the prayer circle, so we can because we're not closing our eyes, we can look at each other and like, "I'm right there with you, bro." Yeah. And so, oh, okay, but honest, 
honest question, though. Is it a? I, I don't know that that kind of thing qualifies I, to this answer because it's, it's a stretch. They're not lying if they be, genuinely right. believe what they are saying. Right. I I get that it's a stretch because it's interpretive. Sure. But that's the closest I got because my yeah. parents never tried to bullshit me. Sure. Sure. And and for for that mom, I thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I I really think that was a great idea, and I know it was my mom because she my dad. Three listeners. My, my well no. <laughs> She, she's not, Sorry. No, but but Dad certainly yeah. would have been up for maybe you know playing the standard. Yeah. Well, let, let him have his childhood fantasies for a while. And yeah. my mom's like, he reads books. He doesn't need any more fantasies. Mm-hmm. So she never. Have I, I had a I had I had a great imagination. I still enjoy my imagination. So mm-hmm. I I don't really. I don't think That's one of the things we're trying to figure out is how much do we, what do we conv- convince or not try to convince our daughter. Uh, that's why Teddy goes to Sunday school at a Universalist Unitarian church. Yeah, I was thinking, no, no. She will be indoctrinated culturally, which is important. You have to know the Bible to get a lot of high school English lessons. will suck if you do not have a Christian background. It's true. My, my, you know, my brother failed high school English because he didn't. I, when I quit church at age 11, I had enough, and I had a good enough memory that I could survive high school English. But they'll talk my brother, about the my brother quit at nine, and he gets nothing. They'll talk um, about the whale, or they'll talk uh, about an exodus, and you don't well, realize wait, how many I'm cultural in, so concepts are based Santa. on the Bible. Whoa, but I know what you're saying. Let's, oh, I was talking I, about religion. Right. Okay. No, no, I was raised atheist. I went to church once when I snuck to Sunday school at the age of four. Did I burn? No, I, we, we had, there was a really cool puppet show. Um, <laughs> I swear, like, I, like that puppet show was very formative <laughs> to me, um, and I never got to go back, but... I have no idea, like, what I missed in English because of my not... Okay, my high school English class, there there was an entire year of English that had, that my, my brother had no chance. And had I not had the background I had, I would have had a really hard time doing the assignments that we were given. Um, the, the year before, um, the advanced English program um, for, for the first year of it, um, you had to do a, a compare and contrast of Lord of the Flies and some and all the biblical stuff it was talking about, and I I had a hard time with that assignment was this with like what a I had. Public school or something? No, this was no, this was standard elementary school. school. No, it's yep. because they assume I want you to compare and contrast this to a to something else. What is one story that I know all of you are going to know? And it is a it is a reasonable expectation it, 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 that everybody's going to know the Jesus mythology. It's, it's the kind of cultural bias that is inherently there that unless you you know don't have it, it you doesn't. Don't see ha- it. I will I will tell you this: it doesn't happen so much anymore because sure, right. now with um, more Hmong immigrants and Somali and immigrants, I was in a small town. Arab mm-hmm. immigrants sure. and Muslim immigrants, okay. you know, and Asian all the Asian cultures, you cannot make the assumption that everybody's going to know your Christian sure. mythology. So it's, it is changing. But I knew that as an English teacher that I wanted Teddy to have knowledge of the Bible, but I also did not, number one, want to have to go to church myself. And <laughs> number two, I didn't want her to actually grow up believing it. So the Universalist no, Unitarian Sunday school program is practically an inoculation against religion because it looks at all of the religions yeah. and talks about them objectively I, I did that i mean i was i went to unitarian sunday school basically my parents were married there my sister got married at that church because it's like oh hey i know where we can get married oh, <laughs> and honestly care. if 
If, yeah, and you're like, sure. If I'd lived, well, it was kind of fun having my parents and my sister married in the same place. And if I'd been living there, I would have been pushing to get married. Not because of the religion, but because, oh, hey, this, this is, is where this, this is where we get married. <laughs> right. This is where we get married. This but is yeah, awesome. no, but but the that's a very that's that's something that we're trying to consider. But also the whole how much do we try and push Santa on. I was a precocious child. I remember sitting at church because I was raised from my earliest days Pentecostal Christian. Yeah, so we were in church all the damn time. Women did not wear pants. Girls and women had to wear skirts. You were we, not allowed to wear we, pants. We actually no, I, we, we had a couple of people at, at my working at, at the McDonald's I was at that were to that level, and they had a they got a uniform exemption. They got to wear. Yeah, it's skirts. Instead. So, wow. but I do remember I have a, an early memory of sitting in church on some Wednesday night, and I remember making the connection that the way God always watches and knows if you're sinning was a lot like Santa Claus. That's awesome. <laughs> and and there was this part of my brain, even at that young age, it was like that's. And then like hell and heaven seem an awful lot like. Offering a dessert. The naughty and like, nice list. <laughs> like, behave so you get your dessert. Behave so you go to heaven or else you're going to go to hell. I'm like, I don't know about this. And then eventually, of course, I grew up to be an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> so, since we've well pushed our longest podcast, suck it, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> you're going to uh, need to edit this shit down. <laughs> We're not going to. No, we're so not going to. This is going to be the endurance test, listeners. Let's see how many of you make it. Okay, I'm going to I'm glad you're saying it's going, to be, hear... going <laughs> to be the endurance test, you say, at the end of the podcast. Yeah, none of them are going to hear that. Well, there's no fair warning them. They, they, they see the time stamp uh, yeah, on the website. I know. I know. If, if they go to the website. So who's got a toast? I think Dave's got a toast. Dave does have a toast. Let's see if Dave can find the toast. It's a God damn it, Dave. Well, you know, I had to find the question of the day, so... Yeah, toast! Uh, I'm making toast! I like toast! For science! Not now, kids. I'm making toast. Seriously, where did it go? It was here. I had one. It was here! It was here, I, I swear. Help I help. Now this is going to get edited. I do it. Wendy, tell a story. What? So, um... <laughs> there I was. Uh, I didn't actually get to play in the championship bout this season, and my roller derby team, the Banger Sisters, uh, have been in the bottom for three seasons since since I started roller derby. We've we have not managed to move up to the upper tier, and so for the very first time this season, we played for the championship of the league, and it was super exciting. And three days before the championship bout. I pulled both of my quads. And what that means is I ripped my quad muscle. And when you do that, it bleeds internally a lot. And the bruising was just amazing. It was it was pooling down around my calves. It was fascinating, but it meant I didn't get to play in the championship bout. But we did win. Awesome. Champions. Woo-hoo. It's contraindicated. Is that a longer enough, long enough story? Yeah, that's just yeah. right. That's just right. <laughs> well done, Wendy. Well done. At some point in time, I'm going to have CDS go through the, the, or maybe a listener, maybe a listener go through the toasts that I've done so I don't repeat them, because I may have done this one. Maybe. Oh, man. Well, maybe. four of us won't have known it. Well, Three of us. Red, Red Shears has happened twice, so whatever. Which what? Never mind. Read the toast. 
May the roof above us never fall in. May we below never fall out. <laughs> Falling out when you're a woman means something completely different. That's staying in the podcast. <laughs> and and is, is less undesirable depending on